Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this podcast. Well, you know, I've been accused of, over the years of, you know, maybe getting too excited or too over uh, hyped about certain events that were going on around the world. And uh, if anything, with this particular uh, crisis that we're dealing with, I've, if I'm accused of anything, is probably underhyping it or underplaying it. And, um, you know, I've, I've spoke to you guys over the last few weeks as this develops. I've been trying to do one podcast a week where I kind of talk about this and try to encourage all of you. And uh, well, I do want to make one thing clear uh, because I can tell from the comments last week uh, maybe there's a misunderstanding or maybe I misspoke or wasn't clear about one thing. And that is this. While I believe that this crisis will come to an end, that it will not last forever, I also believe that the world and the United States of America, but really the entire world, will be transformed as a result of this. And last week I was just trying to make the point that, you know, while that, that there is these evil plans by men, uh, by people in power, they want to take advantage of this situation, to roll out the beast system, to roll out one world government, to roll out, roll out one world currency, to roll out forced vaccinations, to roll out all kinds of evil. And yes, that is their plans, but my point last week was to say just because that's their plans doesn't mean they succeed in those plans, at least not right now. I believe that this it will be a catalyst. Um, you know, the world was changed on 9-11. We went back to some normacy. We went back to some prosperity, but the whole world was changed. Uh, likewise, I think that's what this will do. Um, now... It is true that if God does not come through and bring quick and swift change, um, if if this doesn't turn a corner sometime in the very near future, uh, then yeah, we could see some very lasting, very terrible problems as a result. Uh, you know, I've I've got a devotional that I wrote that I want to share with you guys today that includes a quote from C.S. Lewis because it's about perspective. It's about perspective and about understanding that we're not in control and that we've never really been in control of our lives. And uh, my point and the encouragement that I've been trying to give you guys over the week is simply this, that I'm choosing hope over despair because Number one, I believe that's the posture of a believer. We don't live in fear and we don't live in despair about these things. We believe in a one. We believe in one God, and a, we believe that He will uh, preserve those who walk in His ways and who have trusted in His Son Jesus. We believe that He has good intentions towards us. I don't believe this crisis will last forever, um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not acknowledging that it's getting bad or that I'm not acknowledging that things will never be the same. 
it's just about a posture. It's about a perspective. And as you'll see when I get to my uh, devotional that I want to read to you guys that are written for today, we're not the only generation to face terrible things like this. In fact, many plagues in the past were much more deadly and were on pace to take and killed tens of millions of people in comparison, which is, uh, you know, what's happened so far with this is not even a grain of sand in comparison. As an example, just in 1918, you had the influ influen influenza pandemic of 1918. Uh, let me just read this sentence for you. The influenza, I don't know why I'm struggling with that word this morning. Influenza pandemic of 1918 through 1919 killed more than the Great War, known today as World War One, as somewhere between 20 and 40 million people. 20 to 40 million people. It has been cited as the most devastating epidemic in record world history. More people die from influenza in a single year than in the four years of the Black Death bubonic plague of 1347 known as the Spanish flu. And uh, the, the, the influenza of 1918 through 1919 was a global disaster. So, you know, it's about perspective. But I don't want to downplay the seriousness of the situation that we're in, in that and downplay that this will have some lasting impacts. There is going to be loss of freedom like there always is when there's a crisis because people in power they're in power because they want power and they will use a crisis to take more power as a matter of fact now the, the i'm seeing a headline on drudge this morning which says the dc mayor threatened 90 days in jail for anybody who leaves their house i mean these kind of things are going to come down in some areas um, of the world new york city seems to be really struggling with this situation um seems to be getting worse there the united states is now the has now passed all the other nations of the world in cases reported um which means we'll probably lead the world in deaths as well so that's uh we're gonna we're already we're already the leader in cases reported and so just by basic math we will likely lead the world in the deaths probably by a long shot um, by the time this is over. And look, I don't know when this will be over. You know, here's the thing, is that God can bring something to an end in a miraculous and uh, God-like way whenever He wants. And I don't know when the end is, but I suspect it won't be till there's great humility on behalf of His people and prayer and hopefully revival as a result of all of this. Let me read a couple headlines for you, and then I'm going to get to uh, the devotional for today, which I think will bless you, and a quote from C.S. Lewis that I think will help give you perspective. One thing I thought was interesting, and it's just true, is this headline here that says, The pace of which the coronavirus is changing life in America is absolutely breathtaking. And this is from the themostimportantnews.com. It says, The fear... Of COVID-19 has fundamentally transformed our entire country in a matter of weeks. And as long as people are afraid of this virus, life is definitely not going to return to normal. In fact, 
Every shelter in place order in America could be lifted tomorrow and, he, and the economic activity would not rebound even close to previous levels because a large percentage of the population would still be extremely hesitant to leave their own homes. As coronavirus survivors tell stories of the hellish ordeals that have in, they have endured, an increasing number of Americans are finally realizing how dangerous this crisis has become. If you, have, if you have asthma or a history of respiratory problems or other serious underlying health conditions, I strongly recommend that you do everything in your power to avoid catching the virus. The global death toll is more than nine times larger than it was back on March 1st. And you do not want to become part of that statistic. Here in the United States, we have more confirmed cases than anywhere else in the world. If you, have to, if you would have told me at the beginning of the month that the U.S. would be the first nation to 100,000 confirmed cases, I would have laughed at you. And even though about half the country is currently under some sort of shelter-in-place order, the virus just keeps on spreading. In fact, the number of confirmed cases in the United States has doubled in just three days. And this article is a few days old. The speed in which all this is changing, I must admit, is uh, alarming. I'll just use that word. It is alarming. And I do keep waiting. I keep hoping every morning when I check the headlines that I'm going to see uh, headlines uh, pointing in the other direction. That we're seeing some improvement. But it may be a month two months I don't know it might be a little while before we start to see that turn the other way we need to be people of prayer we need to be praying for our nation and around the world that God would bring peace and joy and prosperity back to the nations and that there would be, his mercy would be upon us that he would forgive us of our sins and that there would be a great revival and a great harvest as a result of this but the reality is, is I don't know what the future holds. And I think that is where the fear lies. If I think about what makes me upset or gets me down when I'm thinking about this situation, other than the obvious, uh, people getting sick and people dying, is the unknown, the uncertainty. It's not like we know, okay, May 1st, everybody goes back to work and life starts to return to some type of normalcy. Look, we just don't know what's going to happen. You know, um, a month ago, most of us had other plans, right? Most of us uh, were going about our lives, not thinking that there'd be a pandemic that would shut down the entire planet, the entire earth. It's amazing how quickly life can change, how things can change in a day. But here's the thing, even before there was... The coronavirus, that was true. I mean, we're always one phone call away from devastation, right? A loved one's sick. Somebody got hurt. You get some bad news from the doctor. Your company's laying you off. I mean, we should always live our lives as though tomorrow is not promised to us because it is not. And we never know what tomorrow is going to bring. On a hopeful side, I did see that Trump and a pass a, a headline that said Trump and Pence joined 700 pastors in prayer calling during coronavirus outbreak. 
regardless of our opinions of Trump, whether you're for him or against him or irrelevant or, or passive towards him, him praying is a big deal. If you read the Old Testament, um, kings who got on their faces, we read that last week about Hezekiah, he got on his face, you know, went to the house of the Lord and, and, and seeked God and, uh, Judah, Judea was, was showed mercy and God performed a miracle at the last minute to change direction of how things were going. We need, uh, we need our president to be, to be praying. So I think that is a good headline to see. And then I saw a headline on the wall street journal of all places that says a coronavirus great awakening and unfortunately, I can't read the whole thing to you because it's doing that whole membership thing to me now. Um, but they're asking the question. The, the first line says, Could a plague of biblical proportions be America's best hope for a religious revival? As the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II approaches, there is reason to think so. And that is my hope for not just the United States of America, but all all over all over the earth, that there would be a great revival and a great movement back towards God, a great movement back towards righteousness and holiness and walking with Christ. And that is my hope. My hope is that that's what this brings. My fear is that in order for it to actually bring that, things are going to have to get even more uncomfortable. Things are going to have to get even more scary because most people, from what I can tell, are still filled with pride and arrogance and ignorance. And I can't hardly go on social media anymore because the only thing I see on Facebook is a bunch of self-proclaimed coronavirus, uh, uh, self-proclaimed experts who are not only experts on the virus. I mean, these are people sitting at home in their pajamas. They're experts on the virus and they're experts on how to handle the crisis. And they're shaming people who might, you know, go for a jog or they, it's just constant madness. And so people still have not been humbled from what I can gather, um, which means things will probably have to get much, much worse. I want to end, though, by talking about are reading this devotional I've written for you. And again, it's not to downplay the seriousness of the virus, but it is to get us to think of and have perspective about it and about the crisis in general. You know, kind of think of on the lines I just read to you about the plague of, of 1918 to 1919 that's estimated to kill 20 to 40 million people. Um... I mean, this is this is a drop, and this isn't even can be this can't even be compared to that currently. So let me read to you the devotional that I've written, and it comes with a C.S. Lewis quote that I think you're going to find pretty incredible. Uh, at least it was a blessing to me. Um, hopefully, it's a blessing to you. Let me begin here. It's called COVID nineteen: the great spiritual challenge for this generation. Every generation has faced fears and uncertainty. While the COVID-19 challenge may seem extreme to us, it's not all that different 
from the feelings and the fears our forefathers and many generations before us have had to face. If anything, our challenge may be considered quite mild compared to what many before us have had to overcome. It may be that we are giving this virus and the fears pushed by the media way too much authority over our lives. It would be valuable for us to remember. At the end of the day, we are not in control. God directs our steps, and He is the master and authority of our story. We could still find joy within this time of despair if we could only submit and fully trust in Him. If we would believe He loves us and has a plan for our lives and for our future. We should also remember we are not destined to live in this present world forever. All men and women must die. It has been appointed for us to do so. Hebrews 9.27 says, And it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. However, the good news is, we may, we may yet live again for all eternity if we put our trust in the wonderful Savior, Jesus, the Messiah. We must learn to be grateful and content regardless of our situation. As stated by the great Apostle Paul, who knew all too well what it was like to suffer, yet he never lost faith in Messiah. He finished the race strongly, and so must we. He, he writes in Philippians chapter 4, 11-13, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Recently, my church pastor shared a quote from the great C.S. Lewis, written in the year 1948. In his day, many people were terrified of the newly invented atomic bomb. World War II had just come to an end and the Cold War had begun. There was much fear and uncertainty around the world. His words to that generation sound as if they could be written for us today. Here's what he said. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, Why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of raids, an age, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us are going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors. Anesthetics. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to our world which already blistered, bristled with such chances, and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. 
If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts. Not huddled together like frightened sheep, thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that. But they need not dominate our minds. That quote from C.S. Lewis I just find amazing. Interesting also that he ends by saying, they may break our bodies, a microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. I love that quote. All you have to do is just Google C.S. Lewis atomic bomb quote and you'll find it if you want to read it again. That's very, very powerful. Let me finish uh, the devotional with a call of action and a scripture from Romans. Here's the call of action. May we not live our day in fear and in despair, much of which is irrational to begin with. May we trust in our God and not in the words and wisdom of fools, especially those speaking through our television screens and those on social media who regurgitate them. Rather, let us be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world and we are more than conquerors through him who loves us and nothing can separate us from his love. Finally, may this great crisis bring with it a great revival and a movement back towards the one true God. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39 says this, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we're all killed all the day long. We are accounted sheep as for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present things, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that, my friends, is the devotional uh, that I wanted to share with you today. It'll be up at the website at scriptureandprophecy.com, and I will send that out to the email list as well. That's all I have for you, my friends. I hope that you've been encouraged. I hope that that quote encouraged you a little bit. I hope the devotional encouraged you a little bit and reminds us that it's about perspective. And God is doing something. There will be a spiritual awakening because of this. There will be a great harvest. But it is true. While I think this crisis will end, I do not know what the world will look like when it finally does. But let us, like C.S. Lewis mentions here, let us not... Let me just read that one last sentence and then I'll end. Let me read that sentence from him again. 
He said it is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all but a certainty. He makes that point of, hey, if it's going to come, if these things are going to happen, then let it find, let these things, he, he's talking about the atomic bomb, but let these things find us doing human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting with our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep thinking about bombs. I pray you've been blessed this morning, my friends. That's all I have for you today. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.